Welcome to episode 133. Have you struggled to lose weight for years? Been through the yo-yo dieting culture? Or maybe you're actually doing all the right things. You're at the gym all of the time. You're doing the latest diet that works for all of those people that you know. But it's just not working out for you. If this sounds familiar, then do not despair because today's episode is going to focus your attention on the real problem, your unbalanced hormones. The key is first knowing which imbalance you have and then getting those hormones back into balance. It's the key to having a body that you feel happy with as you age and of course, through perimenopause and menopause. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? I'd like to welcome you back to the show. And before we crack on with it, I want to let you know that it's my mission to coach 250 individuals to lose weight and be their healthiest self before the end of December 2021. And I hope you're one of those people that I get the opportunity to work with. So to today's guest, I'm super excited about today's episode because my very lovely friend, colleague, and let's call her the original podcast listener, Von from Tasmania, and you might know her as Veronica Smith Whole Foods, the deliciously healthy prepackaged meal chef from Tassie. Von reached out and shared a few podcasts with me recently and Von said, Maddie, you have to get this woman onto the podcast. She's absolutely phenomenal. And so, thanks to good old Instagram, I did the deed, I reached out and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Here we are today with the wonderful Karen Martell, who is a certified hormone specialist, transformational nutrition coach and women's weight loss expert. After struggling with her own health issues, Karen was determined to bring her knowledge to others with a bold new approach to women's health and weight management. Karen's passion lies in helping people break through weight loss resistance and to find their personal weight loss code through diet, variation, and hormone optimization. Karen is a health leader and researcher determined to revolutionize weight loss for modern women. She's also appeared on a ton of epic podcasts, not just this one, including <laughs> Primal Blueprint, Living La Vida Low Carb with Jimmy Moore, Fundamental Health with Paul Saladino, and The Primal Alternative, along with tons more. And speaking of podcasts, Karen is also a fellow podcast host as of the top-rated women's health podcast, The Other Side of Weight Loss, which you should absolutely listen to. It's phenomenal. I've binged it myself. So get yourself over there after you finish listening to this one, of course. All right, Karen, let's do it. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Yes. Hi, Maddie. This is so exciting. I'm ex- We're like, I would say soul sisters, but I don't know what the word is, like soul brother and sister, <laughs> I guess. Because soul siblings. We, yes. Soul <laughs> siblings. That's got a nice ring to it. We're, we're soul siblings. We're teaching this stuff to the same women and we're both passionate about weight loss and hormones. And yeah, this is a good fit. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to have you here. I'd love to know too. So you're a nutritionist, but at what point of your journey did it, you realize like it has the answer is hormones, like that it has to be about hormones? Like how long were you sort of going along until something happened? And what was that something? I would say like I it was really funny actually because when I first got into it I was like I want nothing to do with weight loss because I had been <laughs> plagued with so many issues with weight that I was like 
not passionate about that. I was like, that's not going to be my thing. It's not going to be my niche. No, no, no. I'm going to do something else. And I played around with, you know, autoimmune and digestion and hormones and all these like many different niches. And I was refusing to narrow down. And then what do you know? Of course, I get like so many people over and over again that are really, truly just there for weight loss. And so Mm -hmm. my business started to kind of morph into more about weight loss. And I still wasn't feeling the passion for it until I started seeing this trend with, you know, literally hundreds of women that I worked with and put through programs. And I was like, it's all about their hormones. Like I seem mm. to really attract women that were taking good care of themselves, that were eating mm. well, they're exercising just like I had been. Yeah. And yet couldn't lose weight. And I thought, that's my passion. My passion is people that are really trying and putting the efforts in, and yet they're not losing weight. And 95% of the time, that weight loss resistance was from their hormones, which was my, my issue as well. Right. So then I was like, let's dive into a little bit more on the hormone side of things and start mm-hmm. to learn more about it. And then I had this limiting belief that, well, who's going to see me, the nutritionist for hormones? Like, why wouldn't they just go to their doctor or to their functional medicine practitioner? And the more I got into it, the more I realized women were not being taught information about their hormones. These women were going through like severe perimenopause with the worst symptoms and they're their functional doctor even sometimes, their medical doctors for sure, were -hmm. just like, yeah, you just got to get through this and we're going to do it. You know, if it was a functional medicine, there was a lot of them that were like, we're just going to do this naturally and we're just going to, you know, optimize your diet and we're going to just use supplements but yet these women were still suffering and same with for their thyroid and things like that. And then if they went to a medical doctor, the medical doctor was like, Oh yeah, I don't do hormones. And here's your antidepressant. Here's your sleeping medication. Here's your anti-anxiety medication. And the list just went on and on. And so I thought I need to educate the masses. Like there's, Mm. we do not, we're not getting this information. And so the more I focused on it, And the more I learned about it, and then I decided I'm going to go back to school, and I took my certification to be a hormone specialist. Mm -hmm. And it literally has just blown up because every day women are coming to me going, why haven't I been told this information? Like, I was suffering so bad, or I just spent the last 10 years, you know, I've lost my marriage, or I've like, like, I've heard some really sad stories where had they just been you know, worked with properly and been given the opportunity to fix their hormones, they would have been fine. So that's, that's why I got into the hormone stuff. (laughs) And it sounds like very much is, is what's sort of happening, at least in, you know, the likes of Australia and Canada and the US and the UK is that we're really starting to see this movement towards the root cause. And it's really becoming apparent that doctors are heavily regulated and limited by their capacity to actually look for root causes because of the structure of the health industry and the rules in which that they, they've signed up to play within. And so, you know, they're not allowed to go outside and find these other approaches no. or even find the root cause because they need to sell drugs to these people. Yeah. Yeah. And it, 
I think we, we as a society in Australia, Canada, wherever you are, we need to start separating what the doctors can actually do for you and what they can't do for you. And then you need to go elsewhere for those other things like hormones. Like they're not taught about the use of bioidentical hormones. They don't know how to get to the root cause. That's not what they're trained to do. They're trained to give you something for the symptoms, which can be life-saving and life-altering. And they're, it's fantastic when needed. But we need to know that, okay, when it comes to nutrition and maybe getting to the root of infection and mm-hmm. weight loss and hormones that, okay, you know what, that's, that's not your job as a doctor to know these things. So quit counting on them for that and start looking for people that specialize in those things. And since we're talking to a specialist in those things, so obviously most of the listeners have been through, you know, the cut calories, exercise more model of, you know, being skinny, let's say, that's been around for, you know, what, 70, maybe more, more than that, 70 years or more. So what inherently is wrong with that equation? And why does it come back to hormones? Yes. So, I mean, the calorie in, calorie out is one of the most flawed methods of weight loss. Makes me happy to hear you say that. (laughs) (laughs) But then, yet. 98% of diets out there are still based on that. And what's really sad is even though most of your listeners probably Mm -hmm. know, as as do mine, that it's flawed, like they've heard that it's flawed or they've got Mm -hmm. some uh, education in that, yet they still go to that method to lose weight. They still hop on the next best diet that's promising 20 pounds in a month because mm-hmm. all you're eating is, you know, baked chicken breast and boiled broccoli with no butter on it every single day with your portion control and <laughs> not super and, sustainable. No, no, it's not. None of it's sustainable. That's why 95% of diets fail because mm-hmm. humans have a built-in mechanism inside of them that that their num- the number one role in the body is to procreate and keep the species alive. That's Mm -hmm. it. That's what we're here for. Women are meant to get pregnant and men are meant to spread the seed. And that's it. Like it's boring, but this is what we're (laughs) supposed to be doing. That's it. That's all. Evolution. Evolution. (laughs) But the inside of your body doesn't know that, you know, we're in 2021 and that there's plenty of food around. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as you go to the method of calorie in, calorie out, it does work. I mean, Weight loss does happen that way, mm-hmm. but then what happens is we have this mechanism kick in that says, oh, you're eating 1,200 calories only a day suddenly, hmm. mm. you know, and you'll survive on that for up to a couple weeks. Some people it's two weeks, some people it's longer, they can get away with it, mm-hmm. but then your body goes, okay, there's obviously not a lot of food around, let's lower the meta- metabolic rate so that Mm -hmm. we're not burning so much. So now your metabolism lowers and so it meets that 1200 calorie intake. And that's when you suddenly go, oh geez, you know, I've been, I followed this diet for the first three months and I lost 10 pounds. Why have I suddenly stopped losing weight? Well, I better cut calories more, go lower carb, start fasting more, start fasting longer. (laughs) And you see this Maddie on all the forums out there right now, like I'm a part of a lot of like keto forums and fasting forums Mm. just to see what people are saying. Mm -hmm. And 
the advice for every single person that is in a weight loss stall or not losing weight at all, Mm -hmm. the answer from hundreds of people on that site will be, Oh, you got to, Oh, you know what? Have you tried one meal a day? Have you tried carnivore? Have you tried lowering your carbs to 10 grams? Have you tried fasting for five days for seven days for a month? Like it's, they, they keep all the advices, do it harder. And what happens is it just makes it worse. So now your body can only handle 900 calories or only can handle 10 grams of carbohydrates. And -hmm. if you put even an extra 10 in, boom, you've got some water weight or weight gain happening because your body becomes so intolerant to the calories and the carbs because your body's in survival mode. It's in starvation mode and it's going to go, oh, we had that extra 100 calories today. Boom, let's store that as fat just because this person's always in starvation mode. And this is a reality that not many people think about, that this is what happens to you when you're dieting. And right now for women specifically, and for men too, but more so for women is we have very, very sensitive hormonal systems because we are meant to carry a child and to nourish that child. Mm-hmm. So for us, things like chronic fasting and going low carb, your body sees that as there's not a lot of food around, not a lot of calories and sugar around. Mm-hmm we can't get pregnant right now because we can't, we obviously don't have enough to create this child within us. Mm -hmm. And so hormonally what starts to happen when we see these women chronically diet and go low carb and fast is their hormones start to go down and you'll see this and the cortisol goes up and then they're going like, well, why am I suddenly gaining weight? (laughs) (laughs) Or if it's completely come to a stop and it's not going anywhere, this is because your hormones are matching what you're Mm -hmm. doing. It drops thyroid down. It's actually, if you look in um, PubMed, you can find numerous studies that show how low-carb diets lower your free T3 hormone, which is your, which is your metabolism. So this is why, this is how the metabolism gets brought down is by lowering those thyroid hormones. And then it'll actually increase what's called reverse T3. Mm -hmm. Now this doesn't happen to everybody. I would say that there's a large portion of women that this happens to Mm -hmm. over time and at different lengths of time depends. Like I've seen women that have done this kind of diet for a year, two years and flourished and lost a hundred pounds and they feel amazing. And that's usually because they had a lot of weight to lose. So the body is able to survive on all of the fat. Mm -hmm. And so it's, that's a bit different of a case, right? But if you've only got like 20, 30 pounds to lose, your body's going to get into that mode faster, that the mode of let's just hold on to this fat a little bit harder because we're getting too low. We're getting too you know, down as far as fat stores go. So we can't produce children or whatever it is. So all of these little things come into play. Also, we have an epidemic of stress and not just mental stress and physical stress, but also environmental stress, toxins, environmental lighting. Like there's so many things coming at us Mm -hmm. and women don't actually handle cortisol as well as men do. So we're really sensitive to it and we'll have like fluctuations in our cortisol 
more so than men do. And guys, you guys can lower your carb count and fast and your testosterone goes up. We do it and our, our hormones go down. Yeah. So it's it's different like how we react to it because men, like I said, you guys don't have to carry the child. You're just there to spread the seed. I so. hope not. <laughs> so yeah. So for, for guys, it was like, well, if you're starving, who cares? Let's just as long as you can keep spreading the seed, it doesn't yeah. matter. You don't have to carry the kids. So I think you you brought up a really good point in like the online, you know, keto and low carb communities is that the other, the other problem is that the psychology is not managed in those communities and so or those programs and so people still take that old diet culture approach of right on monday i'm going to starve myself that's what fasting's all about right or that's what low carb's all about and so i think that you know there's a lot of sort of hormonal problems in those groups of people you know amenorrhea and you know different imbalances and and resistances that nobody talks about because they're like oh but i got the weight loss but i sort of screwed my hormones over in the process but i don't want to tell you about that because all that matters is this the bit that you can see (laughs) that's so true and i don't want your listeners to think i'm against fasting or keep low carb diets i have many clients right now that i have put on a carnivore diet or a ketogenic diet or a fasting i put fasting into so many of my meal plans and because it can really work when done correctly mm-hmm. it's just that you need your goal should always be metabolic flexibility not yes. long term keto long term fasting mm-hmm. then you're going to you're going to run into problems sooner or later you're going to run into problems so you're better off to use it as this healing tool for certain hormonal dysfunctions and we can kind of go into what diets i use depending on the hormonal imbalance that I'm presented with, with a client. But, you know, if somebody's got insulin resistance, then great, let's throw them on a ketogenic or carnivore diet for a period of time till that's corrected. But as soon as possible, let's start putting those carbohydrates back in so that the body can will continue to lose weight because it's not getting the signal that there's no food around. Mm, yeah, I think that's a great idea that you just recommended. Like if we can go into some hormone imbalances and the corresponding nutrition plan that you might introduce somebody to? Yeah. So insulin resistance is very common as, Mm -hmm. as we age as women, as well, as we go through perimenopause and into menopause, we start to see a lot more insulin resistance because estrogen drops and estrogen is a hormone that helps you to be insulin sensitive. So Mm. some women will actually develop type two diabetes or insulin resistance when they're going into perimenopause and menopause. And that is a hormone deficiency problem, not so much a sugar problem. Mm -hmm. But if it's a sugar problem, then doing things like a ketogenic diet, as I said before, or if it's really severe, some people, even a keto diet can't correct the insulin resistance. And in cases like that, I'll recommend carnivore for a period of time because it's one of the fastest ways I've seen to reverse insulin resistance. So it's really tough. Do you, how do you see that as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Um, when it comes to things like if you're in a, in your fertile years and you've got some hormonal stuff happening, I love to use seed cycling for women. I'm mm-hmm. sure you've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So 
Yeah. So there's certain things that you can eat that will help promote certain hormones at different times of the cycle. So if any one of your listeners just Googles seed cycling, they'll see what those, what that entails. Yeah. The things like you use flaxseed in the beginning half of the cycle because flaxseed is the highest phytoestrogen. So it acts like estrogen in your body. And what's interesting that a lot of people don't know is phytoestrogens can be used for people with estrogen dominance. So most, I think a lot of the belief is if you've got estrogen dominance, mm -hmm. why would you eat phytoestrogens? You would think that that would be adding to the estrogens. No, phytoestrogens will occupy the estrogen receptor in a weaker form than estrogen. So it'll take place instead of that estrogen coming onto the receptor and then taking it into the cell to be used. Instead, the phytoestrogen will have a much weaker response to that and so that you don't get such an estrogen-driven reaction to it. Yeah. So it yeah, can actually sense. help. Yeah, which I thought was fascinating because back in mm. my earlier years, I would never have told someone to eat phytoestrogens mm. if I knew they were estrogen-dominant. So that um, is a great way to... So phytoestrogens can be uh, flax... Soy is the second to that to, as far as like the highest estrogenic foods. But soy, as we know, tends to be very highly GMO. It's a lot yes. of people will react to it. Mm -hmm. So if a person does okay and they don't have digestive problems, they don't have an autoimmune condition, I will sometimes say, you know, a couple times a week eat, you know, organic fermented not soy products, just like yeah. <laughs> real tofu, like fermented to organic tofu or tempeh, you know, edamame beans, like things like that, mm. like real, real food, not soy milk or fake soy meat or anything crazy like that. Because um, that's not good for you and your body doesn't yes. know how to digest it. <laughs> uh, so things like that. And then there's certain supplements and stuff that you can take that are phytoestrogenic, like herbs that are phytoestrogenic. So that's a mm -hmm. great thing for high estrogen. In general, of course, if you've got hormonal imbalance, there is usually a level of inflammation in the body. Mm -hmm. And so if there's inflammation in the body, there's going to be inflammation in the gut. So removing inflammatory foods is always my first intervention with any woman because the diet has to be the foundation to it. So for yeah. somebody, for instance, that has that estrogen dominance, they we know that they're going to have inflammation and that their gut isn't breaking down the estrogen. Because mm -hmm. your body has to be able to break down this estrogen and you poop it out. So if your digestion is off because of the foods that you're eating, you're recirculating this estrogen mm. and you're becoming estrogen dominant. So doing that, like just like I usually use the paleo, a paleo based diet to start, depending if they're mm -hmm. insulin resistant or not, I might go lower carb than that. Mm -hmm. If they've got an autoimmune condition, then I'll put them on an autoimmune protocol for a period of time to really reduce that inflammation. And you yeah. can see a big difference what happens hormonally for women when that happens. So endometriosis, uh, PCOS, these are very common hormonal dysfunctions. The first rule of thumb is get on a low, lower inflammatory diet plan. So removing the grains, the beans, the sugar, the mm -hmm. dairy, 
even if it's for a period of time where you find the balance, I think is key. Um, when there's lowered progesterone, there's certain seeds that you can take that will bump that up and lots of great herbs like Vitex that will support a woman's own production of progesterone. Mm-hmm. But as we age, and then testosterone too, sorry, testosterone, when it, high testosterone oftentimes goes with insulin resistance because when you've got high testosterone or high um, like insulin resistance, then your body, those two things go together. Yeah. So high testosterone, I treat the same way as I treat high um, insulin issues. Right. Uh, so insulin resistance. So I'll, I'll do it the same. So keto, carnivore, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as women age, this is where it shifts. And so when you're fertile, you can do all of these amazing things to bring your own hormones back into balance. So you can eat the right diet, what we just talked about, going lower inflammatory, taking these phytoestrogens, taking things like Vitex to support it, taking things like DIM, methane, and calcium D-glucurate are both excellent for helping to break down that estrogen and getting it out of the body. Mm-hmm. These are great tools. But as we age... Our ovaries just simply stop producing these. And as men age, a lot of men will actually stop producing testosterone. So it goes the same for men as well. It's just different hormones. So we'll see this drop of hormones just simply from age. And at that point, there's no diet in the world or supplement in the world that's going to bring the levels back. Now, that's not to say you can just go out and eat McDonald's all day because you, <laughs> still, you still need to support the, the system, especially if you're going to take hormone replacement. You oh, still need plenty to of have toxins in those foods. <laughs> yes, there's still, yes. And it's still going to, you know, if you're heavier, you're going to, that transition of losing your hormones, can, it can, that can make it a lot worse. Mm-hmm. So having a healthy gut, a healthy system, and not chronically dieting and yo-yo dieting is going to still be key as yeah. you age. It's just that you're not going to be able to bring back your levels just because you're eating well. So I work with a lot of women that are really healthy. They've been following a paleo or ketogenic diet for years. And as they age, because of the drop in hormones, Mm -hmm. they then are like, okay, I've gained 20 pounds since going into perimenopause. Men will gain weight as well when they lose their testosterone. They become, they can become more estrogenic. Mm -hmm. Even some women will become more androgenic at this time. Because we lose our estrogen and progesterone. Mm-hmm. And then further on, we start to lose our testosterone for women as well. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you need a combination of not just diet, but also possibly bioidentical hormone therapy, which we can talk about. And, mm-hmm. you know, doing the phyto, more of the phytoestrogen stuff. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. 
Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. I know that uh, you mentioned in there briefly progesterone, but and as well as you, you mentioned, as we get older, so many people and many women probably don't know that their their fat cells and their adrenals take over a lot of this hormone production. production as we move into that menopause phase. So maybe can you talk a little bit to that that process of the the adrenals yeah. taking over and the fat cells taking over that production uh, because a lot of people obviously think you know oh shit i'm i'm gaining weight and i'm eating right and i'm exercising but you know the fat cells actually have a biological function that's necessary for your body to still be able to experience the presence of these hormones exactly yes great great cuz that's it, women because of our high amounts of stress that we're going through mm. as we talked about earlier if you're going through perimenopause and you have high cortisol or flatlined cortisol and your body's struggling and the, you have adrenal insufficiency or mm-hmm. high cortisol, your body will always prefer to make cortisol over any of the other hormones because it's a survival hormone. So when your ovaries stop producing estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone, the adrenal system is supposed to take over that. And they don't make as much as our ovaries do, nowhere near, but they they put out a little bit because it's important for us to still have these hormones. But if you're constantly stressed out, then your body says, screw, screw you, progesterone, estrogen. <laughs> We're making cortisol because it's a survival hormone. Mm. So it overtakes... And so you'll, you'll actually see women, their estrogen and progesterone go down, cortisol starts to dominate as well as insulin dominate. So you be, that's one of the reasons for weight gain in perimenopause, because you become cortisol and insulin dominant. Your body, something I tell all women is naturally we are supposed to soften as we go through perimenopause. And society tells us that's not okay. Everywhere Mm. you look, it's like you're supposed to maintain this image that we're supposed to be thin and superstars our whole life, you know, (laughs) and that you should be getting Botox and implants and tummy tucks and liposuction and do everything you possibly can to fight aging. And it's really sad because naturally your body puts weight on because you can get estrogen from fat cells. Mm -hmm. So your body naturally is going to put some fat on the body. And unfortunately, it's estrone, which is a fat gaining estrogen, but it still acts like estrogen in your body. And so your body will put this on. It'll take, it'll get fat from your fat cells, I mean, estrogen from the fat cells. And then the higher you are with weight, the more 
estrone you're going to produce, which is going to make you gain more weight. And it's this vicious cycle. So what I always recommend is it's better than to do either the phytoestrogens route, maybe in the beginning, but then you have to start looking at replacing what's called estradiol. So there's three main estrogens. One's that estrone that I was talking about that is fat producing. Mm -hmm. There's estradiol, which is the main estrogen in women. That's what helps us to be fertile women. And then there's estriol, which is a very weak form of estrogen that we produce a lot of when we're pregnant, but it's very key for vagina health as women age. So a lot of the bioidentical hormones will have a combination of both estradiol and estriol in it. And that seems to work really well for women. I think uh, you touched on something again, which kind of goes back to where we were at the beginning about the psychology. So obviously, a lot of women, a lot of mums have been busy their entire lives. And so, you know, cortisol is just has been high there, you know, for 40, 50, 60 years. And so we get to this point where, you know, listening to this podcast or listening to all of this information, like, oh, okay, so I need to relax. And, you know, how do you how do you guide women to change that deep seated behavior of being a busy person of being a stress head that that society has cultured all of us into but it has a more of a negative effect on women uh but how do you sort of change that psychology of oh i need to stop and take a breath and maybe do breath work or yoga or meditation in order to start regulating my hormonal system my nervous system so that can actually cortisol can actually take a dip once in a while <laughs> And most women don't want to hear to, to meditate. They don't want to hear that. They still have it in their brain. Like I got to go out and I got to do like high amounts of cardio and just go, go, go and starve myself. And that's how I'm going to lose weight. So what I do to get women to stop doing that and just to start meditating or doing yoga is I tell them it will help them to lose weight. <laughs> it works <Yep>. every time. <laughs> it's unfortunate, but true. But I'll tell women, I'm like, look, like where you're at in your life as a perimenopausal woman there's a few things that you have to think about. One is, it's the first time in your life, as you said, in 40 years or whatever it is, that you know your kids are probably grown up. They don't need, they're not dependent on you anymore in most cases. In most cases, you've chosen the career that you're going to stick with till the day you retire. You've either got rid of the husband or you've decided to keep them. But <laughs> you're in a place where for the first time in your life, you can actually think about yourself. And you can start to be selfish for the first time. And if you can tune into that need that and, and make it flourish, it's an amazing thing. But women are very addicted to how, their, how much they can do in a day is, you know, a reflection of their worth. We mm -hmm. feel like the more we do, the more we're worth. And it's, and it's just ingrained in us. Like we've, fought to become equals to a man. And that was, that's a wonderful thing. And I'm a feminist at heart, but at the same time, we've shot ourselves in the foot because now we're not only, you know, having the job five days a week, plus on top of that, we're also raising children yeah. or we're having somebody else raise our children for us now because we need to work. You know, we've got to that place where we, or we want to work too. Mm -hmm. So it's a very, it's a tough thing, but yes, I'll tell women, I'm like, look, 
where you are right now in your life, your body is going to thrive on you going for walks, doing a little weightlifting, Mm -hmm. you know, eating a balanced diet, not starving yourself and will, and just doing things that are going to fill your cup up, not take it away, which hardcore cardio will do that, which will make Mm. your body retain weight because it's already cortisol dominant. And every time you do cardio, the cortisol goes up again. So instead of hammering on your adrenals all the time, going for a walk actually has been proven to lower cortisol. And then yoga, like I have seen so many women who, and that's what I did when I was suffering with weight loss resistance, I was doing what everybody else does. I was out there. I joined the boot camp. I had the personal trainer that was just like, (laughs) you know, go run this and do that and pick up that weight and like was hammering it all into me. Like, and I was probably in a really good shape, but I just kept gaining weight. Mm -hmm. And when I find this is when I was 33. And I took a look at my hormones and my cortisol was like flatlined. My DHEA, which is another adrenal hormone, flatlined. I was like, oh. So I stopped all of it and all I did was yoga for two years. Mm -hmm. And what do you know? I lost weight. That's amazing. (laughs) It was amazing. I mean, between (laughs) that and I just realized it was like uh, someone shining a light on it going, you are not handling this like you think you are. And that's what the other thing is women think. They're handling it. They're like, oh, I like to stay busy. I like to just go, go, go. And, you know, I'm not really one for meditation. If you're saying that to yourself, that is a big red warning sign that you need to slow down. Because Mm. what happens is we get addicted to the cortisol going up because when cortisol goes up, we also have like norepinephrine, epinephrine going up, which is like Mm -hmm. dopamine hits and you're just like, go, go, go. And you get addicted. It's like the adrenaline junkie. Totally. So you get, you're getting a payoff from being highly stressed and it's very addictive, but there's, it's only so long before your body can't handle that anymore, or you start going through perimenopause and it becomes this dominance inside your hormonal system. And then all these other hormones suffer because of it and you're going to gain weight. So I say, you're going to lose weight if you're in that state, if you stop doing those things and you take that time for yourself. And that looks different for everybody. Like I always say, you don't have to sit and meditate on the top of a mountain every day. If <laughs> that that's sounds what you're great, saying. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> right? I wish I could, but but it could just be simply like you know, reading a good book, it could be a change. I'm really into brain training. So I work daily on just changing thought patterns. And, you know, I was talking to a lady earlier today, who went through a very, very stressful event, and she's still going through it. And it's out of her control what's happening. And I said, when life presents you with something that's not in your control, Mm -hmm. then you can choose do you want this to stress you out or can you just look at it and say, I can choose because you can, how I'm going to react to this, how I'm going to let this affect me. Mm -hmm. And you can say, you know what? This is life. Everybody has stuff happen in in their life. That's not fun. Yeah, totally. There's not one person on the face of the earth. That's just like, "Ah, my life's perfect. Nothing's ever gone wrong. (laughs) (laughs) What fun would that be? Right. So all of these complications, they're here to teach us something. So even though in the time you're like, why does this happen to me? This is terrible. (laughs) And poor me, poor me. And you think like, oh my God, how am I going to ever get through this? But 
it's there for a reason. So if you can look at it and be like, okay, what are, what's something positive that could come out of this? And you can look back on your life and think of all the really hard things that have happened that you've had to go through. And you can usually see why they happened. Can you do that? Mm, Absolutely. And I'm a firm believer in the idea that the lesson continues to show up until you learn it. So, you know, like people people that repetitively end up with, you know, toxic partners or with toxic friends or in a job that they really, really hate. It's like there's something that you didn't learn last time and that's the reason it's happening again. (laughs) I 100% agree. And that's happened to me. I've proven it to myself where (laughs) it's like the same thing keeps happening keeps happening and it's like god or the universe whatever it is that you believe in is like oh really you're not gonna you're not gonna learn from that okay well maybe you're (laughs) gonna learn from this then and it's gonna hit you with something like 10 times harder and you're gonna go okay i got it i got the message it's time to change it's time to learn from this experience so that i can so it's me not the world i need to grow from that experience and that is the best way you can look at it or at least be like, Mm. I can sit here and stress out and freak out about this situation or I can choose to not and realize that this is just life and this is, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. a teaching moment. But for right now, I'm just going to carry on. I'm going to be calm. I'm going to not let this bother me. And you can do that. It's hard, but you Mm. can, the more you practice, it's like a muscle. The more you practice it, the easier it gets where now I can, if something's not great in my life, I can be like, well, that's life. (laughs) I'm not going to stress out about it because I just like, you know, like I had something go wrong in the house where something broke and it was a costly item. And I was like, oh, and then I'm like, this is life though. Stuff goes wrong. Your car breaks down, stuff in the house breaks down. It's not like my bad luck or poor me. It's just, that's life. So I can stress out or I can just be like, well, let's just, get on with it. So change your perception. Yeah. And it's definitely a perception change that takes a lot of time. Like, And it's important, I guess, for people to know that, you know, we, we might make it sound easy here, but it's years of psychological work and, you know, picking yourself up again and not beating yourself up and self-observation. It takes a long time to develop that muscle. If you weren't born into a family with perfect parents that had perfect emotional awareness and understanding of how to teach you how to do it, that it takes us a long time in order to be able to do that. But beginning that path is so important to your health journey. It really is. I think it's, it's massive, especially when it comes to stress management. It's just, it can mm. be a very easy tool to implement. It might take some work to get there, but it's, it's great. It's so, so you don't have to sit and meditate for an hour. Instead, change your perception of something. Totally. So you're obviously amazing. We know that because we've just heard <laughs> all of the stuff that you've shared, but where can everybody find you on the interwebs? So you can find me at karenmartel.com and you can go there and take my hormone quiz, which is just a great starting point to see, okay, could there be a hormone that's causing some of these problems that I'm having or my weight loss problems? And it'll kind of give you your top hormone imbalance that you can then get some information on and how to start balancing that hormone. Um, you can also find me, at, of course, on my podcast. There's so much information. I'm mm. on YouTube for the videos. And then you can find me on iTunes or any other podcast platform at the other side of weight loss. 
Amazing. And thank you so much for being on the show today. So to finish up, I've got one more question. Okay. What is one piece of health information that you wish more people knew about? Of all the things that you know about, what, what's the one takeaway that you wish people would know more of? Okay. My one thing is for women as you're aging to understand that bioidentical hormone replacement therapy is safe and can help you to transition to menopause with no symptoms. You do not have to suffer. Women going through perimenopause, about 85% of women will have symptoms for eight to 10 years. So this isn't like perimenopause is like six months of pain and suffering. I'm talking eight to 10 years plus some for some. So in some women, it's so severe that they can become suicidal. They don't feel like themselves anymore. They're like, what has happened to me? What has happened to my body? And I wish that there was more education about bioidentical hormone replacement because it's safe. And it actually shows in many research that a lot of research that has been done has shown that women are actually safer to use hormones for at least one year into menopause. And just one year on estrogen and progesterone replacement can reduce all causes of mortality by 30%. That's That's amazing. Huge. It's huge. It helps to prevent Alzheimer's disease, heart disease. It's one of the biggest causes of heart disease is our lack of estrogen. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a thing that seems like nobody's talking about because doctors aren't educated in it. And if you're not going to a functional medicine doctor that understands it or a hormone coach that understands it, then you're going to be set for, you know, possibly 10 years of misery. Yeah. This can be one of the best times of your life. Truly. Like I said before, this is when you are get to be selfish. It gets to be all about you for once. And you're wiser, you're more grounded, you're more who you are than any other time in your life. And it can be the best time, the second half of your life. So why suffer? Because you don't understand hormones. We need to do another podcast on bioidentical <laughs> hormone therapy by the sound yes. of it. Oh, I could go on and on about that. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks, Karen, so much for being here. I've really loved connecting and chatting with you. And um, yeah, we definitely need to do this again. Yes, you bet. I would be more than happy to. Thanks, Maddie. See you later. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use, and we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.